you know what, let's get to the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to open it up out of the book of Genesis. It should be pretty easy. It's right at the beginning of the book. But uh, you know what? Uh, during that worship, my goodness, the atmosphere. I could feel miracles in the atmosphere. I could feel the anointing. Uh, how, many, how many could feel that in the atmosphere of this place? We, we throw those words around, the anointing, so, so easy, so often, so often people just go, what does that word anoint mean? Uh, I'm glad that you asked. But you know, to, to anoint simply means to rub in. And uh, you know what? I, I could simply uh, today make a choice. You know what? I'm going to come down here. And anoint, uh, what's your name, ma'am? Karen, good to meet you. Left hand shake right there. And, uh, but I, I could anoint Karen right now with butter. Uh, it would simply mean to rub in butter, right? It could be tomato sauce, to uh, anoint her uh, with tomato sauce. So I could anoint her with donuts. Uh, chocolate donut would be your, be your best right now. It would simply mean to rub in. And, and so when you're anointed of God, simply means to have God rubbed into you. And I don't know about you, but you know what? Uh, when we are doing it tough, when we're going through weeks, battles, uh, storms, I don't know about you, but I need a bit of an anointing come on my life. I need to have him rubbed into me. People go, well, what's the point of the anointing? It, it says in Isaiah 10, 27, in that day, and it's talking of this time, this hour of the church, but he says, in that day, uh, burdens will be lifted from shoulders and yokes will be destroyed because of the anointing. So, so in other words, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but you know what? You can have a rough week. You can have a tough week. You can be under intense pressure. You can walk into a meeting like this, and you know what? The worship kicks off, and you know what? When you've got a band like that, uh, you know what? It, you know, just stuff starts lifting off you. It's the anointing at work at that time. What's going on is those burdens are lifting off your shoulders. But, but you know what? It just doesn't finish there. It says that yokes are destroyed uh, You've you got to understand this. I mean, many decades ago, they used to make statements like, uh, you know what, the anointing breaks the yoke. The, the problem is when you break something, you can fix it. And, and you know what, there is a real enemy out there that loves fixing up things that, uh, you know what, get broken down. But you know what, God just doesn't break things. He utterly annihilates them. He utterly destroys things that the enemy sets up. And so what, when the anointing turns up, not only does he lift burdens from shoulders, but you know what? He destroys yokes. And you may have walked in here this morning, and maybe there's something controlling you. Maybe there's something that, that is, I'm telling you, there's an anointing in this atmosphere to lift burdens, to destroy yokes that are sitting on your life. Come on, if you believe it, put your hands together. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So why don't we stand to our feet right now? Why don't we just ask God for His anointing just to turn up in this place? There's miracles here this morning. There's miracles in the atmosphere here this morning. Great Holy Ghost, we welcome you right here to walk down every aisle through every seat row. Would you touch every life in this place, Great Holy Ghost? We ask for your anointing to come. God, allow me to preach your word. Let it be a word in season. I pray, Lord God, that, Father, you'd turn up the signs and wonders in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you're sitting down, tell the person next to you, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're looking at uh, Genesis chapter 32. We're looking at a character by the name of Jacob. And uh, we're going to be going from Genesis 20. Uh, let's go 32 verses 22. That night Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two maidservants, his 11 sons, and crossed the fort of Jabok. Uh, I've discovered that one wife is enough. Uh, we'll just leave it at that one there. But he had uh, a few more. And anyway, after he sent them across the stream over uh, with his possessions... So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that when he was wrenched, he, uh, after he wrestled with the man. And so the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. And Jacob replied, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with man and have overcome. Interesting uh, story. See, see what, what, what we've, what's going on here. Uh, imagine uh, him sending his wives, his sons, his possessions across the river. He stays on one side, and uh, now, now j- just get this picture. He, he sends them to the other side, and you know, look, look when, when, when you leave family for a season, they're going to watch you walk away. And I, and I could see the, you know, the wives and the sons, the daughters on the other side of the stream, watching their dad uh, walk away like they were walking. He, he walked like everyone else walked. But, but see, see, something happened that night. There was a wrestle that went on, uh, but, you know, a, a wrestle that went on in that space. And when he returned, what happened was he, he didn't return and he didn't walk the way he walked away from him. He came back with a limp. He came back with a limp on himself. He, he was no longer walking like he used to walk. He now had a limp with him. And I've I got to tell you this, that you know what? I don't know why you've turned up here this morning, but I want to tell you this. We're going to have a bit of a wrestle with God this morning. And you, you know what? Maybe family saw you walk out of the house walking like everyone else. But you're coming back uh, with a limp. You're coming back because you've had a wrestle with God. You're not going to walk like everyone else. You, you may have walked out of, uh, of school the other day. You may have walked out of your workplace walking like everyone else, but you're coming back with a limp. You're coming back walking differently. You're going to come back talking differently. Why? Because we've had a wrestle with God. I'm going to take you on a little quick journey right now because you know what? I, I've discovered that, you know what? There are a few things that we've got to wrestle with in life. And, you know, unfortunately, when these wrestles come, uh, you know, wrestling isn't necessarily, uh, I mean, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch others wrestle, but when you're in the ring, uh, you, you, you're going, see, this, this can be quite painful sometimes. It can, it can hurt sometimes, and the truth of the matter is sometimes it's just easier if I just throw the talon, give up, I'm over this thing, and uh, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I, I think back, I, mean, I think I was just sitting in here, and uh, 24 full-time years of ministry, I think it was 25 years ago to this month that I've received the Holy Ghost in my bedroom in South Auckland. My life has never been the same again. And, uh, but, but you know what? I, I think back to when we were youth pastors, uh, back at that time, long, long time ago. I think I messed up one of the girls in the place, Rebecca over here. Uh, she was part of the youth ministry. You've sorted her out. You've done a great job. And, uh, you know, amazing husband, Jared. I mean, you, you know what? Uh, but, but the thing is this, is that, you know what? Uh, I, I think about, you know, how, how many people uh, would... Going for God that are no longer going for God. People, I mean, I'm thinking of one guy right now in the nation uh, who at that time was called upon up and down the nation, great preacher. In fact, he took over his dad's church. Uh, uh, I mean, hundreds would turn up. And you know what? Today, where is he? He's no longer. He's no longer found in church. And I'm sure you've got stories of family, friends that were once in the house but no longer in the house because of whatever reason. Wrestling is not necessarily fun sometimes, and there are a few wrestles that we're going to have to deal with. I mean, one of the wrestles that we have to deal with is the wrestle of temptation and sin. Uh, we all got to deal with that one. Uh, I remember one time uh, on an altar call, a guy came up the front and he said, hey, pastor, um, he was kind of quite quiet. He's like, can you pray for me? Uh, I was like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, um, can you pray? Um, I've got the spirit of lust and uh, 
uh, I, I'm just, can you pray that, the, that God would take the temptation away from me? And I said, all right, I'll pray for that one. And I get my hand out and I said, all right, Father, right now, I'm going to take my hand. And as soon as I lay my hands on his forehead, I pray you kill him right now in the name of Jesus. And, and as my hand's going forward, he packs up and he said, I didn't ask you to kill me. And I said, dude, you've got to understand that's the only prayer that's going to take away temptation. I said, as long as you're on planet Earth, you're going to have to deal with temptation. I said, there's no such prayer. There's no, no, no formula in the Bible. I can pray possibly that God will give you, you know, the strength to say no, to, to get away from that stuff. But you know what? There's no such thing. It's going to take away the temptation. Because that's the prayer I want. And I, I'll pray for that one. Yeah, yeah. But, but we've got to deal with temptation. Every single one of us in this place on a daily basis is faced with temptation. Uh, the, the other thing that we've got to uh, wrestle with is disappointments. I don't know about you, but uh, you, you know what? Uh, life can you know, present some things that are kind of not fair at times. It's not even my fault. I mean, there are a few things that definitely were my fault. Let's not talk about that this morning. Um, don't bring it up, all right? Just keep quiet over there because uh, there are a few. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that, you know what? There are a few things in life that I sort of never planned for, never dreamt about. In fact, I've got a few prayers. I prayed, and I still haven't got an answer to the prayer. Anyone else here in this place? Uh, we were called to live by faith, and so, you know, my, my, my faith expectation's up here, uh, but delivery's down here. That gap there, uh, frustration, uh, disappointment, and uh, I don't know about you, I'm just being honest in the place, and, you know, in these moments where, where I've, got, I've got to wrestle with this disappointment, I've got to wrestle with this going on. If there's one thing you've got to remember this morning, to just remember this, that God's delay is not necessarily God's denial. Uh, some, some of you didn't hear that. God's delay is not necessarily God's denial. You may have prayed for it, but if you haven't had the delivery of it, let me just encourage you. It's coming, my friends. Come on, get excited because it's on its way. Next step, further, closer. It's a beautiful thing. But what I want to talk about this morning is something that, you know what, I, I felt during this worship is going on in this church. There's a wrestle going on in this atmosphere, and it's a wrestle that, you know what, you, you've been doing for many years, many decades under the great leadership of this church, uh, uh, you know, for, for the, the wrestle for the supernatural. Uh, what a church this is. What, what a legacy that, that sits on this church. But there are a few other churches that probably don't necessarily see that this wrestle for the supernatural is really necessarily in this, in this time. But, but, but you know what? You, you're doing something incredible. Here we have Jacob wrestling. See, see, see as a result of him wrestling with, with this man, uh, not only did it bless his life, but it ended up blessing his family's life, and it ended up blessing the future generations. Uh, I, I'm telling you this, the wrestle that's going on in the atmosphere of this church is not going to just affect this generation, but the generations to come, and, and the future of the church of this nation around this globe. I'm telling you this, that you're wrestling with the supernatural. Now, now, I said beforehand, 25 years to this month, uh, I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't have time to go into that, but uh, I, 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 I was hungry for the miraculous. I couldn't wait for miracles. I, I, I couldn't wait to do something supernatural. I just, I just read it in the Bible. I'm just like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. I read that scripture. You know, I'll do greater works than him. And I was like, well, this, this is going to be me. I've got to do this. And, and so I remember... One time, I was 20 years of age, it was only a few months after being filled with the Holy Ghost, got the opportunity to go on a missions trip to the Philippines. And so I remember going uh, to one of uh, a place called Smoky Mountain. Some of us may have been to that place, but it's a rubbish dump. 
and uh, there's a lot of smoke. That's why they call it Smoke Mountain. Things are burning in the place. And, but I remember us doing a, a bit of a crusade in that place and, you know, uh, had people get saved. But then we prayed for miracles. Now, there was a particular person that came up and they had uh, a limp. Now, it wasn't uh, a limp because uh, they wrestled with God. The, the reason they had a limp is because one leg was shorter than the other, right? The other obvious reason there could be a limp. And uh, so, so I remember... Uh, getting down and, and laying, and I, and I called a 14-year-old boy over and said, come on, let's pray for a miracle, right? I've never seen this happen before, but I'm just like, this would be kind of cool for this guy to get a leg that would be the same length as the other. It kind of be a little easier, uh, not so much strain on the other muscle. So I, I get down there and, in the name of Jesus, go! And now, I, I'm praying, right? And, and whoo, man, I'm telling you, man, it was exciting. The legs started to grow. I said, whoa, come on. This is happening. This is awesome. Like miracles are taking place. Woo! I mean, I've never seen a miracle like that before. I was like, this is awesome. Legs are growing. But then I was like, you better stop. Because I don't want to go any longer because then we'd have to pray for the other leg. And then we have a daddy long legs walking around the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, miracles, miracles. I mean, I was so hungry. Uh, for the supernatural, I, I wanted to see God do some supernatural things in, in and through my life. Uh, but but there, there was a, a moment in, in another slum where we, we, we had some doctors get giving, you know, prescribed medicine and then they would come to us in the altar of the church because the altar is where you get altered. And so we just thought, hey, let's, let's pray. We're praying for people, miracles and, you know, well, this, this lady, mum, comes with her daughters. They're like twins, um, about four years of age. Beautiful-looking girls, beautiful girls, and they're walking towards me, but I noticed their legs, horrible, scaly legs, pussy, and I was like, my, my heart broke for these little girls. And it's like, obviously, they lived in the slums. They didn't have the medication. My heart went out to them. So I was like, Man, I'm going to pray a miracle on this one. So reach out, start praying in the name of Jesus. And well, well you know what? I, I'm in the middle of this and, and I kind of felt like, like, like uh, what I should do is spit and rub it into the legs and, and do that. And it's just like, you've got to be joking me. Like, come on, God, I'm not going to do that. And, and you, know, you, you know what I did? I didn't do it, right? And, and I walked away. I hear you saying, oh, you sinner. What, you, God spoke to you, you didn't do nothing. About it. No, I didn't. I was like, I'm not doing that. Well, I went back to my, you know, my hotel that, 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 that night and I was kicking myself because obviously no one, those girls didn't get healed and I was just like, oh man, I had an opportunity to hear from God and nothing took place and I was like, oh man, you, you, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I mean, you guys are probably really holy in this place. God speaks to you like that and you just go there, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit on slow on the uptake at times, so I didn't go there, but you know what? I just kicked myself. I was just like, man, I had the opportunity. I could have done something. Well, well, a, a few months go by, and I sort of said to God, all right, God, if you're ever going to do that again, then uh, be, be clear. Just make it really clear to me exactly what, uh, and, and I'll do it. I'll, I won't back out of it. Well, I'm doing a youth rally, another kind of youth crusade I'm doing in a small town just out of Whakatani, uh, Taranga, a place called Edgecombe. I don't know if you know the place, and... Well, it was a youth rally, and people got saved, and people coming up and pre pre prayer. And this guy comes up, and, he, and he's blind. And he walks up, and, and he, he can't see, obviously. And 
And he goes, I want prayer. I said, what do you want prayer for? He goes, I want to see. So I come on, miracles. I'm the miracle man. Power for the out. Come on. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> come on. Right. As I'm praying for him, I feel like God say, well, spit and rub it in his eyes. So, oh. so serious? Like, remember that time you said you'd die? I was like, are you serious? Like, I don't know, man. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, well, I, I, because I'm doing this and I'm thinking about Jesus spitting in the mud, making some, in the dirt, making some mud, rubbing it on. Jesus did it. So then, then there was that other crazy story. Now, time to turn there, but Mark, I mean, there's another guy. He's, he, he's a deaf mute. And, and, and it says that he, he put, put his fingers in his ears, he spat, and then touched his tongue. And, and then he said, be open. And, and, you know, suddenly his ears popped open and he started talking. That, that's a pretty incredible miracle, that one. But, but, you know, when we read that story, and, you know, I just want to encourage you, for time's sake, I don't, have, I don't have time to go there, but it's in Mark 7, 32. But we read this story, that the way it goes is this, is that uh, this deaf mute comes to him, and he puts his fingers on, you know, on his ears, and so he touches them, and then he spits, and then he touches a tongue. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of gross. <laughs> Pastor David comes along, puts his fingers in my ears. I mean, it's kind of gross. One, one translation actually says that he licked his fingers and put it in his ears. I don't want a wet willy. Not happening, right? Not, not interested, right? And then spit, and then touch it. I don't want you to touch my tongue, right? That's not actually what happened. He put his fingers in his ears. He spat. I mean, you can understand that if anyone puts your fingers in your ears, you go, ah, open mouth, ah, and, uh, and it touched his tongue, right? You read it, study it, that's what happened. I mean, it's crazy that, what, what's going on there. Um, but but so, so here I am in Edgecombe, this blind person, and, and I'm just thinking of all these stories, going through all this stuff, and I'm just going, oh, you gotta be, so I leaned over to the guy and said, hey, um, this one I just feel, and he goes, hey, God's saying it, just do it. I said, all right, so, and he's, The name of Jesus, be healed. See, so open up your eyes. So can you see? He goes, nah. <laughs> I ran to the other end and started praying for other people, hoping everyone would forget about it. Man, but I was wrestling for the supernatural. See, see, people say, why would you pray for people? And what, what happens if they don't get healed? I, I say this, what happens if they do get healed? I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to keep pushing until I get a miracle. I'm going to keep going till God turns up. So, so you, you're looking at someone, well, you know, it didn't quite work the way I wanted it to work, but you know what? I'm going, I'm going to pull someone out of a wheelchair. Maybe the keyboard has come, but I'm, I'm doing a, a missions trip, Waikiki Island. There, there I am, Waikiki Island, driving down the road uh, in, in, in my car, and uh, there's a girl uh, in a wheelchair going down the road and saying, here's my chance. Come, pumped. I'm ready to go. And so what, what happens, I pulled the car in and said, excuse me, girl, uh, I just want you to know that, uh, you know what, you don't have to stay any longer uh, in that chair. 
uh, can I pray for you? Uh, and she, she looked at me straight before she gave me an answer. I leaned forward and I said, I closed my eyes. I reached my hands and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of the wheelchair and walk. I opened up my eyes, she was gone. I was like, what happened? She's halfway down the road trying to get away from me. Crazy guy. I was like, I'm wrestling with this thing. I'm wrestling with this thing. What's going on? Well, when I'm 20 years of age, a few, few weeks after this, uh, I'm living at home at this time. And 100 meters from my house, as I'm going up the hill, I see a Māori guy in, in a wheelchair. And I, I knew who he was. We didn't know, necessarily know each other's names, but we were raised in the same neighborhood. He was probably a year or two older than me. He was always at the fish and chip shops. You know, the days with the space invaders and asteroids, it was that era, right? right? He was, it was the guy that had all the coins lined up. 20 cent coins that could never get into the thing. But, but I, I'm, I, I see him in this wheelchair. All I've known is I'm in a wheelchair. And, and I looked at him and I was like, God, would, would, would you want me to pray for him? I, I, I go up 100 meters, turn into my driveway, stop the car, turn the car off. I'm wrestling with this. I said, God, is, is this the guy? And I felt, felt to turn the stereo on in my car. Turned it on while I had you know, a tape preacher on there. And he said this, no joke. He said, are you ashamed of the gospel? You ashamed to go up to that cripple and tell him to stand over in his wheelchair? If you are, you'll never get the miracle you asked for. Turned it off, man. Like that was pretty clear. I don't know about you, there are times you get pretty clear instructions from God. I'm just like, oh. what's well, at that moment I want confirmation. Maybe one of those little baby angels and nappies and a, an arrow and a bow. Maybe a visitation from Jesus. Didn't get any of those things. So I said, all right, God, I'm gonna drive down the road. If I find him, I'll pray for him. If I don't find him, I won't pray for him, obviously. If I get in the car drive there, I can't see him at all. But as I'm going up the hill again, I pass. Chucky's house. Chucky, two years younger than me. Chucky, Ch Chucky was the kid, the kid that beat you up because it was fun. Like he would go after bully me faces like this. He always had 15 guys around him, loved to fight. And so you know what? I mean, we were always 100 meters from each other. He knew who I was, I knew who he was. And he'd just come out of jail for three months, doing some time for the crime, drug possession. Uh, he's at Chucky's house. There are the DB bottles out, boys are drinking. And, and I'm, I'm just like, of all houses that had to be Chucky's. So I park the car, get out of the car, walk up the drive. Chucky looks at me, he goes, hey bro, how you doing? I said, I'm good. He goes, what are you doing here for? I said, I come to give him a message and I pointed the guy in the wheelchair. He said, who's the message from? He said, the message from Jesus Christ for you to get out of your wheelchair and walk. He said, I'll go and get it. And he did this language I never really didn't understand and uh, sign language and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 15 guys surrounded me at that moment <laughs> holding on to their DB bottles. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I got to witness the next 10 minutes. Not witnessing to them. And, and I turned to him. I said, buddy, I've got to leave. Uh, can I pray for you? He goes, no, no, I'm not interested. All right, man. Get in the car, drive away. He's like, God, what's going on here? You see, you're looking at an individual that says, God, I'm wrestling with things. I'm not, I'm not giving up. Just because the circumstances haven't shifted in the direction I wanted it to shift in. I'm believing you for a better day. I'm believing there'll be a day where I'll lay hands on someone sick, someone in a wheelchair, and see them get out of that wheelchair. Wow, well, a few months later, a few, few years later, there I am, Auckland City, in a prayer meeting. It was, it was, a, it was a youth meeting. There was probably 100 people on the altar. And I'm, I'm going through laying hands on people. And I see a girl in a wheelchair. I discovered for 22 years she'd been in a wheelchair, literally no muscles in her legs go over to her. I'd seen others pray for her and so I just went over to her and I said, I want you to do something you've never done before. She's looking at me strangely. I asked someone to pick her up on the other side. I picked her up. I'm telling you, her legs were dangling. I said, do something you've never done before. Try and lift those legs. She couldn't lift them. I said, this is our walking. She goes, I can't walk. Just follow us. And so we start walking. The legs are just dragging along the ground. It's kind of looked mean and horrible, but See, see, what happened was, as we went along the altar, I noticed that she was getting lighter and lighter and lighter because every step we were taking, God was giving you strength to those legs. Come on, come on. When we got to the other end, she pushed us away. She started walking. The miracle had taken place. A few years ago in my church, Sunday night, gone from one of our locations to, to our other location and that there I am preaching and it was kind of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm in the middle of a service. I see a guy down the back and I said, sir, I've got a prophetic word for you. Would you come? Comes down, I start prophesying over him. I looked at him. I said to him, hey, buddy. I said, said do, do, you, do, you, do you have a relationship with God? He says, I've got no relationship with God. I said, would you like to meet him? He says, I'd love to. I said, oh, come on, let's do this. Uh, anyone else want to give your life to Jesus? Well, next thing, this girl comes around the corner in a wheelchair. She comes up and plants herself and two of them. I lead them to Christ. Lay hands on him. And then I get on my knees. And I look at her eyes. She's all hunched up. She, she also 22 years of age. Hunched up. And I look at her eyes. I said, how do you feel? And she says, I want to walk. Come on, we're going there. So you're going to do something you've never done before. Pulled another guy on her, pulled her up on her feet. So do something you've never done before. Try and lift those legs. She couldn't lift it, no strength. 22 years in a wheelchair. So come on, do something. I, I, I got my wife, probably a bit more faith than me. She, she gets a hold of her feet. She starts stepping those feet out. We, we, we're walking along while she's showing her how to walk. Man, but, but see, this is what's going on. The further we got towards the end of the aisle, we noticed she was getting lighter and lighter and lighter till we got to the other end. She pushed us back. There she was for the first time in 22 years, standing on her feet. Come on. The miracle. The miracle. I, I said, we, we got to pray right now for the miracle of balance. 
because she had strength, but she didn't know how to balance. So she, she didn't go through what we went through when we were like 18 months. We prayed for her by the time we got to the middle. She had complete balance. For the first time in her life, not only was she walking, but she went up like, like six like, stairs. And here I am with a wheelchair, raising it above my head, telling you this, you're looking at a man that decided I'm wrestling with this until I get the miraculous. And I believe this, that I'm looking at a church that for many years, for many decades has been wrestling for the supernatural. Not just for this location, not just for the city, but for the nation of New Zealand. This church has been a voice to, to many churches and nations around the world. And you've wrestled with these things, but I'm telling you this, that you know what? Out of this house, Miracles are going to flow out of this house. You're going to raise up pastors, evangelists, people from other cities being inspired by this place. There's been a wrestle going on. I believe it was a prophetic word for this church. Because only a few weeks ago, there you were, taking the spirit of what's in this house to Auckland City. Here you are taking what you've wrestled with, what you've been blessed with, and you're blessing the rest of this nation with. Telling you this, that you know what, there are miracles in this house. Miracles in this house. Great Holy Ghost, would you close your eyes right here, right now. Great Holy Ghost. I welcome you to hover right now. Welcome you to hover over every individual in this place. Would you touch lives right now in Jesus' Name. Filled in the Holy Ghost. Filled in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. <laughs> Holy Ghost fire. Filled in the Holy Ghost. I come against cancer in the name of Jesus. You have no hold, no authority in Jesus' name. I curse you in Jesus' name. I break your power. Break your power in Jesus' name. That tumor, that brain tumor, break the power of that thing in Jesus' name. Loose them now, loose them now, loose them now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I, I, I'm going to pray for people very, very shortly, but before I go any further, huh, I, I need to do this. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.27, I think it is. 927, one of those places, but it says this, it's destined for man to die once, after that to face judgment. There will come a point, everyone look at me right now. There will come a point you pass from this life to the next. The decisions you make, this side of life determines where you end up on the other side, whether it's heaven, whether it's hell. I'm telling you, I want you to end up in heaven. Your pastors want you in heaven. There's so many people living their own life. They even do the church thing on a regular basis, turning up. They know the protocol, they know when to clap, they know when to chair. 
But you know what? They never made the change. It's destined. See, see, statistically, 10 out of 10 people die. True story. I hope, pray you get to live a good long life, 80, 90, 100 years of age. The truth of the matter is, people die prematurely. See, 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 before you walk out this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to get your life right with God because you don't know the day, you don't know the hour that you're going to pass from this life to the next. So I'm going to very shortly, I'm going to count to three. If you're in this place and you're saying, you know what? I want to get my life right with God. I want to become a Christian. I ask you to lift your hands. And by you lifting your hands, you'll be saying, Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? I want to get my life right with God. Before you close your eyes, who needs to respond? First of all, someone that's never given their life to God. Somehow you turned up here this morning. You've never given your life to God. Number two, you call yourself backslidden. You're once with God, you fell away from God for whatever reason. Maybe you got hurt, maybe you got offended. Maybe you're going somewhere and something just didn't go the way you thought it would go. And somehow you found yourself in this place. Or number three, you're just not living 100% for God. You've given Him your Sunday, you've given Him your spiritual life, but you really haven't given Him all your life. So if you've never given your life to God, you're not living 100% for Him, or you're backslidden on the count of three, I'd ask you to lift your hands. So would you close your eyes across this place? The reason I'm asking you to close your eyes is simply because I want you to think. I want you to think about where you're at right now. Because if you were to die today, this moment, if you've got confidence in your heart, you're going to heaven. Well, I'm a good person, good people. They even go to hell. It's only someone that says, Jesus, would you forgive my sin? Would you come into my life? It gets access. So here we go. I'm counting to three. You've never given your life to God. You're back to not living 100% for God. Would you lift your hands? Here we go. One, don't worry about the person left and right of you. Here we go. Two, be bold. Here we go. When I get this next number, I want you to lift your hands. Hands have already started popping around the room. Here we go. Three, lift your hands right now. Come on, be bold. Lift it high above your head and say, Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? I want to get my life right with God. Lift them high above your head. It's one, two, three, four, five. Six hands, seven hands, eight hands, nine hands, 10 hands, 11, 12, 13, 14 hands, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 hands, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 hands. 34 hands, you can put your hands down. Is there anyone else? 34 hands popped around the room. This is Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? hate for you to miss out this morning. 34 hands to boldly said, Pastor, include me in a prayer. I want to get my life right with God. Is there anyone else in this place? Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So good. You can all open up your eyes. Man, 34 hands. Wow. What we're going to do is this, is that very surely, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And because you're scattered all around the room, I'm going to ask you to do something boldly. I'm going to ask you to, to, when we all stand to our feet, if you lifted your hands, I'm going to ask you to come and meet me down the front here. I don't want you to do it by yourself. To tell, tell your husband, your wife, or your friend that you're with, I put my hand up. Would you go with me? Let's support the people that, 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 that you hearing what I'm saying? Let's support these people that have made that response. 
I want you to be bold. So can we stand to our feet? Let's put our hands together as all those people come. Come on, 34 hands. Come with your friends. Come with your family. You come, you come, you come. Come. Shake my hand down the front. Here. Come, come, come. 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 Come on, this is what it's about, church. Souls coming to the kingdom. Come, 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 come. Come. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Look at me, all of you that are in front, look at me right now. I kind of feel like there may be at least one or two more out there. Can you just do me a favour and just turn to the person next to you and say, I'll go with you if you want. I know that's the awkward moment, but just... Even if you're married to them and they come, just ask them, I'll go with you. I'll go with you down the front. Is there anyone at all? I've had people that said to me, you know what, I'm glad you did that because is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. The way we're going to do this is I'm going to say some words and then I want you to say these words after me. So say these words after me, dear Heavenly Father. Come on, all of us, the whole church, dear Heavenly Father, come to you this morning. I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, would you come into my life? I want to follow you from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen.